0: Well, you know, we talked about Taylor Swift and the Grammys. Uh, I mean, she's so big when the show actually started, she came in the room. I kid you not. Trevor Noah, who I thought did a pretty good job, by the way, of emceeing last night. But, you know, yeah, Swift comes in, probably powdered her the nose. Show The uh, show started. She walks in the room. I kid you not. Uh, but that's the way it is. But, you know, when you have an election and everything else, uh, you wonder – her influence, and all that is going on with Taylor Swift these days, if she could actually tip the scale a little bit. Well, Sam Ronan uh, out of New Hampshire, happens to be a 34-year-old himself, Republican presidential candidate, uh, but uh, from the Granite State, and uh, you know, maybe some endorsements from uh, Miss Swift, or for that matter, Mr. Kelsey. Uh, that could have a little influence, we'll see. But, uh, Sam uh, gives us a couple of minutes. You know, it's interesting, and welcome, my friend. So, you know, I was watching Grammys last night, and like I said, I mean, the woman is like, forget it. She's off the charts as far as her stardom is concerned. Uh, Mm -hmm. If that transforms into some sort of an endorsement, I mean, I I would be very eager uh, to see those numbers uh, as far as elevation is concerned. Uh, on the column of Joe Biden, God knows he needs it. Uh, and listen, you know, I could I could see his uh, his planners, you know, his his coaches are stating the fact. You know, maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea, Mr. President, to attend a uh, Swift concert. You know, get yourself <laughs> out there a little bit. And I'm, you know, listen, he's so underwater with these numbers, Sam. I mean, it could help, no? Mm-hmm.
1: So here's the thing: anything can always help, right? But at the end of the day, the Democrats chose to build their own bridge, right? They're not having a primary. So there's nothing for Biden to compete against, to contrast himself against, other than Donald Trump, which people also genuinely dislike. And so with Biden's numbers being what they are, his actions in office being what they are, I don't know that a Taylor Swift endorsement would help him. Now, granted, a Taylor Swift endorsement right now wouldn't help him regardless, because whatever buzz it would generate whatever support it would create would definitely be gone by the time election season happened as you said before uh if taylor swift endorsed me or some other person with her stardom absolutely that would give us the chance to be heard and to be seen for the first time however for a front runner it's just uh a blip in the news for a week or two and then and then it's gone so if she's going to endorse biden Right, And if she wants to impact the presidential election that way, she's got to do it closer to the end of October or right before Election Day.
0: You know, it's interesting. My last guest had asked me, well, Jay, what if uh, gas prices were uh, in the uh, 270 range or thereabouts uh, come Memorial Day? Uh, you see, to me, a policy reversal would have a little bit of influence, even though... Uh, if you had any common sense, you would know that it's strictly for election purposes. Uh, oh yeah. Put a, put through a facade of that nature. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't personally think uh, Taylor Swift is great as she is uh, as mm-hmm. a performer. I consider her a top five performer in the music world right now. Uh sure. And when all said and done, I mean she is incredibly talented. But in essence, I don't see her tipping the scales in any way. Uh I, I think it's about policy, and people want- ch- you know people who think change is needed are going to bank on those policies they don 't care about endorsements,
1: so the only people who think Taylor Swift can uh actually impact the election and and again, just as I said before, she 'd be in the news for about a week if she endorsed Joe Biden so or whoever she endorses, really. So uh, she's got a week of clout, basically. And that's not enough to tip the scales, as you just said. It's enough to be heard and to be considered.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, I mean, see. It, yeah no, I agree. And uh, To me, it's, it's good conversation. It's fun conversation. It's but fun, when, yeah. when reality sets in, you yeah, know, you're still going to analyze the man's control. record. And I, I, mean, I don't care who's endorsing, you, really. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: No, and the thing is, the, the Taylor Swift controversy is for people like uh, DeSantis and Vivek who have dropped out of the race and are now not nearly as prominent as they once were, and so they're looking for soundbites. And the easiest punching bag in America right now is to go after a celebrity, right? So well, let's go after the biggest celebrity, because oh, why the hell not, right? So that's all this is, in my opinion. Do I think Taylor Swift could influence the election if she endorsed a third-party candidate? Yes that i do believe because now she's using her stardom to elevate somebody else's stardom but promoting a front runner is is literally pouring a bucket of water into a river that's that's kind of pointless at this at this juncture and you're right even if joe biden uh did something disingenuous like lower gas prices i don't know follow through on some of his campaign promises from four years ago you know even if he did that right now that would have more bearing because people would at least think all right cool he's useless. He's doing everything that we don't want him to do, but once every four years, he'll do this one thing for us. Surprisingly, that would go much further. Lowering gas prices, making sure, I don't know, the cost of living gets uh, reduced again to back down to normal. I don't know, maybe doing something that isn't just writing blank checks to corporations while they have record profits and record layoffs. Something something along those lines is probably not going to endear him to the American people, you know what I mean?
0: I agree, Sam. Well, Sam analyzed South Carolina because he just trounced uh, who I was running against, though Marion Williamson, Dean Phillips. My goodness, uh, how disappointing is Dean Phillips these days? After that showing in the Palmetto <laughs> State, so in essence, you know, I, I I go back to the conversation I had with Holland before. It, it's a, it's a sad fact in this country where you cannot get a viable individual. Uh, the the greatest of leaders that have prevailed in this country, yet we can't figure out uh, in whatever party. In this particular case, I'm talking about the Democratic Party, where you have an 82-year-old man mm-hmm. who has certainly had cognitive decline without question. And I say that not just to have a conversation. I mean, compare. Compare as far as how he looked, how he spoke mm-hmm. from just a couple of years ago to what you're seeing right now. And, and, to, see, and to not see a viable individual battle for the party and everything else. I mean, in in the worst times this country has seen in quite some time. I mean, that is startling to me.
1: Well, and unfortunately, and and this is where (laughs) uh, the candidate, Sam, has to really come into play here. Um, The Democratic Party uh, has chosen since the uh, 2016 election to dictate to the American people and to their voter base. They argued in court. There are court records where their lawyers argued that their voters, the people who vote in the Democratic elections, are not, not at all relevant to who the party chooses to be their candidate, and that those voters shouldn't feel that their votes do have a voice or uh, any sort of say whatsoever. So what we're seeing is eight years. Of, shall we say, dictatorship within the Democratic Party, ironically. And so, again, did uh, these, Marianne Williamson and uh, Dean, who went up against uh, Biden, did they act? Were they actually viable candidates? Maybe, maybe not. But when the party itself can just say, nope, you're not going to have any success regardless, uh, isn't that election tampering? Isn't that exactly the abuse of power that uh, was written into the Constitution to avoid, right? So, it's not even just that Joe Biden is the front-runner for the Democratic Party. There isn't a primary. Nobody is allowed to run against him, and the party will not allow anyone to run against him in the first place. So, to your point, we are in 2024. I'm running for office. And I'm not saying I'm the best candidate that's ever been, but I am surely better than a failing and cognitively declining Joe Biden, right? Right. So why is it that people like me cannot get the same elevation, the same opportunity as these people who should honestly be in retirement homes or being taken care of? I mean, honestly, it hurts me to see him being treated this way. Like, let, let him retire. Let him go to the home. Let him not be in the public eye. He can't deal with it, obviously, right? So why is it that newer generations can't get in there? Why is it that it requires you to be a billionaire to be able to run for office nowadays? Those are the questions we really need to be asking, and those are the questions that I answer in my platform.
0: Hey, Ross Perot, uh, years ago, moved the needle Mm -hmm. somewhat. So if you have money, (laughs) you know, money talks.
1: Money does talk, and that's the biggest issue, right? If we had ranked choice voting, people wouldn't give so much care about the uh, two-parties system. They could vote for who they actually care about, which would encourage better quality candidates to run. And by better quality, I mean... People who actually care. I'm not saying you have to run for office, but I would imagine you actually care about your community. You care about your state, and you care about your country. Yeah, but you also have a radio following. So if you were to run right now with your radio following and with your background and history of you know, political engagement, would you even have a chance of running? And the answer is currently no. But if there was ranked choice voting, people would be like, man, I recognize this guy. Dude, I listen to him every friggin' morning on the way to work. I love this man. I'm giving him a shot. I know he's not a politician, blah, 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 but I'm going to give this guy a shot. Just with ranked choice voting, we can make a humongous difference. But that's exactly that's exactly why it'll never happen in this country with the current dynamic. We got to we got to push it. We got to force the issue as citizens. I mean, we, we, we can't just keep beating our chest saying we're Americans and we're the best country on Earth and then do nothing to facilitate it. You know what I mean? The, the Constitution only works if it's, uh, you know, worked with. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, listen, and, and this is the very reason why we have become so backwards. I mean, think about two candidates that we're putting out there. One is 78. The other one is 81-82. Uh, if Biden wins, he'll finish at 86. Uh, I can't even imagine what we're going to look like in 2028. Uh, you know, I mean, this, this is the very heart of the problem right now. Where are the yep. great minds? Where are the great minds in this country? Where are, they are our so-called leaders?
1: We don't have any, I guess. I don't know. We, well, see, you know, that's um, the thing. That's what I'm trying to tell you, is I have met some of these great leaders. There, You know how many young, aspiring 20- to 30-somethings to even 40-somethings? There's 50- and 60-year-olds out there that I have been mentored by that would be fantastic leaders, <laughs> and they just don't have the resources. And here's the thing, too. It is a generational thing. there, Somebody needs to end up picking up the torch, right? We can't have... Um, the baby boomer generation in power forever. They're eventually you no know, like this isn't. This is just brass tacks. Eventually, they're going to die, and so we need Gen X and we need millennials and we need Gen Z to start being primed to pick up the the pieces. And here's the thing: there are people like me who are willing to run. There are people like me with good ideas. There are people like me that want to listen and have the conversations because we don't have all the answers. And that's the thing. Politicians nowadays have to be right. They have to have answers for every single thing, and that's just not realistic. Uh, At the end of the day, you can't be a subject matter expert in every single field of every single policy. What you can do, though, is listen to reason, look at the facts, and make decisions, and then corroborate with your peers. We don't have a board with their wealth, and it's like, eh, maybe I'll run for office, uh, pass some laws to help me get richer, and then... just, I don't know, mooch off of this government paycheck for the rest of my life no, on listen. top of everything else.
0: I, I agree with you. Uh, and that's why you see the likes of a Chuck Schumer. Ed uh, Nauseam uh, <coughs> all the time. Uh, do nothing uh, to help as far as uh, moving the needle. Certainly doesn't help his own state representation and everything else. We know that for a fact. Uh, okay. But that is the very core of the problem. Uh, we elect. See, we and, and again, we have choices in this country. The the only way uh, to make change is to go to the ballot box. I mean, that's it. But how many mm-hmm. times? Mm-hmm. How many times can we honestly say that it has been done? Now, listen, we'll get spot yeah. situations. You know, the Glenn mm-hmm. C- Youngkin win of McCulloch in Virginia was a game changer. It set the tone mm-hmm. and everything else. But we take steps backwards, and that's mm-hmm. part of the issue as well. You know, quite frankly, unless we start thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. uh come that uh, that first tuesday in november and you know what we're in trouble yet
1: we are and and it goes back to what i was saying earlier we as citizens forget that we have rights we have freedoms and those are fantastic they are the only we're the only country that has those rights and those freedoms combined in the way that they are right no other country has the right to bear arms no other country right not not to the degree that we have it for for any argument right And so what we forget, though, is we also have obligations. We have duties. We have responsibilities. Citizenship and being a part of a country is not just I have these rights, I have these freedoms, I go to work, enjoy the benefits of my government, and pay taxes. No. You have to participate in the process. You have to participate in the system. That is your citizen's obligation. But we've made it so damn difficult and convoluted. For instance, why don't we have universal voter registration, right? That thing alone, at the age of 18, you're automatically registered to vote, and the only thing you have to do as an individual is update if you move somewhere, right? If you move from this state to that state, this city to that city, or if you just change address. That should be the only thing you have to update on your voter registration. Why the hell are we constantly making it? impossible for people to register or, or writing them off and then, and then charging them with felonies when they had no idea that they got written off, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is we have to show. It's education, right? We're complacent as a country and we're uneducated as a country when it comes to our political well, activities, right? How, how do you even engage in politics? Most people don't even talk about politics because it's this quagmire, But what people don't realize is that the local and the state level, just like you were just saying, it can change, revolutionize those areas, those districts. Maybe fine, you don't like the presidential elections because it's like, ugh, this guy versus this clown. Um, But local and state and county level elections... Good grief. That is your life. (laughs) That is your every single day. That mayor, that councilman, that amputsman, that city planner, that school board person, that judge, that traffic judge, the small claims court judge, those people that you elect every single year, every other year. Those are the people who define whether or not groceries go up in your state, whether or not the cost of living goes up in your state, whether or not you get you have to pay more in income taxes in that state. And in your city, it's whether your roads get fixed, whether you get access to the hospital, whether your power grid gets improved and it doesn't get shut off after a breezy day. Like People need to understand that your life, the life that you live in the greatest country in the world throughout all of history, is in your hands always at the local level.
0: Unfortunately though, I, I would agree with you in the past on that. Uh, I think that's evaporating as we speak, Sam, unfortunately, because you look at New York with redistricting and everything else trying to gain an advantage. You look at sure. how the governor has acted here trying to trying to change these electoral years you know, trying mm-hmm. to combine the state-local sense as far as what's happening on the national scale. This, to me, are the convoluted ways, the thinking that has mm-hmm. eroded a democracy which was the very <coughs> set forthright as our, our our fathers back in the day in writing yep. the Declaration of Independence and everything else, how they set out for it to be. That mm-hmm. has now been eroded based on the corruptive practices and the mindset of what has mm-hmm. permeated this country, which is I a would cancer that has metastasized decades and decades and decades now.
1: And I agree with you. In the larger cities, it is significantly worse than it once was. And if you look at those large cities, they tend to have the economies of a state itself, right? Which is why, again, if people start to recognize that... <laughs> Let me put this into perspective. You remember the government COVID shutdown back in 2020, right? Nobody was happy about it, especially once they found out they weren't going to get those checks uh, ever again. <laughs> it was a one and done, right? But we were mandated to stay home and for 2 months nobody went to work nobody went to school nobody went to their government office building to facilitate the things like administration nobody did the work nobody provided the services for two straight months we were running on fumes and we lost 34% of our gross domestic product that's trillions of dollars gone in a puff of smoke in just two months because people we the people The American citizenry weren't participating in the economy, weren't participating in schools, weren't participating in our government, right? We have seen the power of the individual in mass, how we as citizens can make that impact. So I posit to you, your answer, your question is, if we're so corrupt, why aren't we doing something about it? It's because people don't know that they can and if we take that collective action and combine our collective voice, we can undo all of this miasma in a heartbeat.
0: Well, we can't. And, and it's, it's the simple stroke of, uh, of the pen uh, or a chat or a butterfly, Sam. You know that as well as I do. And the problem has always prevailed, though. Common sense never does prevail, unfortunately. <laughs> We've does. seen that in elections uh, where choices have been made that are not the right ones. And thus, we have a continuance of a very dark road in a lot of cases. That's part of the issue. So, uh, until that changes, we shall see. Listen, it's always great having you on, uh, Sam. Uh, keep oh, up the good perspective, great to be here. and uh, we'll see how everything advances. We can't thank you enough.
1: Know. Awesome, thank you so much, and you guys have a great rest of your day. You got it. It's a thirty-four-year-old
0: Sam Ronan out of New Hampshire has to be a candidate, folks.